Hi, welcome to the Mid-Market CFO Circle, podcast powered by Radius One. I'm your host, Madhurima Gupta. We hear you, Mid-Market CFOs, and we understand your challenges. On this podcast, we bring you conversations with the CFO community to help solve problems that you face at work. Today, we have with us David Worrell. Uh, David is an award-winning entrepreneur and executive, as well as the author of The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Statements. He's partner and CFO of Fuse Financial Partners. Prior to establishing Fuse, he founded and ran and sold three successful companies, InfoQuest, Monterey Venture Partners, and Ameristar. So uh, right now, he's working and serving as partner and CFO, uh, wherein he's focusing on assisting small businesses and swiftly scaling up to the next level. David, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I'm glad yeah. that you could do it. Sure, yeah, and thanks for having me. Uh, this is a great podcast, and I look forward to, uh, to seeing your future episodes as well, of course. So uh, today, essentially, we are going to talk about why fast-growing mid-market companies need to look beyond starter accounting software, right? So we really wanted to understand the challenges that a CFO in a fast-growing lower mid-market company face, right? So can you give, give us an idea in your experience how the accounting requirements of such companies alter as business grows? So as you said, I focus on smaller middle market businesses, anywhere really even below middle market from, from just a million dollars in revenue up to 30, 40, $50 million in revenue. And a lot of our clients are those fast growing companies who might start with just a business plan and you know hope to get to $50 million in a couple of years. And so as they grow, uh, the accounting systems have to be flexible enough to grow with them. But that creates a real uh, dichotomy, right? You've got an early stage company or even just, let's just say a small company in the two to five to $10 million range that needs simplicity in order to streamline its processes and procedures. It doesn't need Oracle or SAP in order to do accounting for a $10 million business, right? Something like that would just crush those people under, under the weight of additional processes and red tape and, and software and hardware, right? So almost everybody starts with either QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online, or a couple of other similar project uh, uh, packages called Xero with an X, X-E-R-O is a big one. Um, wave accounting I even see, and I even see people start with nothing but Excel sheets. And while I think that's far too simple, it's really interesting to me how QuickBooks has really invested in both their online platform and their QuickBooks desktop enterprise software to create a package that can scale with a company up to 50 or $100 million. And, and people used to laugh at that, but I have multiple clients who are doing 50 and $100 million of business who still use QuickBooks. And I think that that presents a really interesting challenge. Do you stay simple with this simple software that, that's easy to use, there's a million people in the United States who know how to use QuickBooks well. You can hire them for much less than you can hire somebody to run an SAP or an Oracle. So do you, do you keep a simple piece of software like QuickBooks or Xero that's easy to run? Or do you switch, you know, when you get it, when you get to $50 million, $20 million, do you switch to something that's more robust? And I, you know, I, I see both sides of it. A more 
a larger company needs more robust reporting and wants to do more robust things. They have demands from their bank. They have demands from their uh, inventory control positions or their cash flow control. And, and the company as a whole is getting more and more sophisticated. But does their accounting have to get more sophisticated? I think to a certain extent that it does. But I also know that most people probably only use about 40% of the capabilities of QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online Advanced, QuickBooks Enterprise. And so, uh, you know, my feeling is keep those systems absolutely as long as you can, but build on them by not only learning how to use them properly, learning to use them fully. So taking, effect, taking advantage of all of their features and adding things from the ecosystem, you can build quite a robust accounting and finance platform using a otherwise very simple accounting system. So that's my choice is to build on rather than to throw away and rebuild, right? Interesting that you mentioned the app store. So if, if, you know, if the listeners right now are some of the QuickBook users in order to utilize the QuickBook software to the best possible way, what would be some apps that you would recommend them to check out? Oh man, I, of course it depends entirely on your industry, right? But we have uh, in my business, I serve a lot of e-commerce customers and uh, apps like TaxJar, which does sales tax for every state in the country. There are inventory add-ons that made by Zebra and uh, Fishbowl and those sorts of folks who can help you manage inventory. And all of that can be automated through an app store app. So there's thousands of apps, whatever industry you're in, I know that you can find something out there. CRM is uh, probably the next big one that, that everybody needs to start looking at. How do you integrate customer data with accounting data? And so there's plenty of CRM uh, things that bolt onto QuickBooks also. And how about uh, implementation, right? So if a company is looking to use QuickBooks, right? Should What would your preference or what would your suggestion be? Should they be looking for a cloud-based solution or privately hosted option? So again, it comes down to which industry, what industry you're in and how robust you want your reporting. For 90% of businesses out there, I really do. I, I like QuickBooks Online. The advantages are so huge. Being able to call somebody like me to help you with your accounting without rolling out any new hardware, without having a VPN, without having servers, all that kind of stuff. So uh, QuickBooks Online, and now they're QuickBooks Online Advanced, very robust. The alternative to that, and we do use this for our construction clients, for our uh, contractors, fo folks who have just really sophisticated needs to do project-based accounting, billing based on meeting particular goals, and, and then their, their AR is very complicated. They, they might want to stick with QuickBooks Desktop, particularly Desktop Enterprise, and if you are an, a desktop enterprise client, you just can't give it up. What you should, what you can do is consider hosting that on a cloud server of your own and then giving access to your accountants or your remote uh, workforce or your even your field people could access QuickBooks Online via a cloud server. So if you're used to using a desktop computer and a server in a server room around down the hall, and then you had to buy a second server just to run QuickBooks and a third server just to run uh, Microsoft Exchange and Outlook. Now you can throw all that stuff out the window and hire a data center or a hosting partner to give you an entirely 
uh, virtual network. And so we do that with our QuickBooks desktop clients, our QuickBooks uh, enterprise clients. Works fantastic because we still have access, they have access, uh, it's integrated in their whole workflow. Sometimes the entire company will adopt this virtualized network. And so imagine using a $200 Chromebook and firing up a Windows 10 Pro with you know uh, 16 gigabits of memory and and a limitless hard drive and connections that run QuickBooks and everything else, and you're doing it on a $200 piece of hardware. That that is that's so amazing, and it reduces the cost of ownership of all of that hardware for the for the company, and it pushes all of that engineering out to where the engineers are. Right? I mean, let's put the IT in the hands of the IT guys, and as accountants and CFOs, let's stop worrying about tape backups and compatibility issues and ethernet wiring and is the wi-fi router on or not <laughs> if you can plug into the internet you can let somebody else worry about all that stuff and i think that's such a powerful a powerful solution and um if you talk about the stages um of growth in which a mid-market company outgrows quickbooks solution right then yeah. what would you say are the pointers to look out for when a company actually needs to upgrade a cfo needs to take charge and plan uh, an upgrade yeah yeah it's totally in the cfo's role to project and drive the train when it comes to when are we going to make this change from a simple accounting to a more robust accounting. And I think that needs to be driven by real business needs and not just some ego that says, hey, we're $50 million now, we shouldn't be running QuickBooks. You know, number one is make sure it's business needs driven before you make that decision. Wait as long as you possibly can. Plan for it so far in advance that it will drive you crazy doing the planning. And the last thing I'll say is don't discount the importance of accounting, block and tackle uh, balance sheet issues when you're making the transition. And if you don't have a fantastic balance sheet that you can come out of QuickBooks and you can say, on, on December 31st, this was our balance sheet in QuickBooks. On December 31st, this was our balance sheet, our brand new beginning balance sheet in whatever ERP. And if they aren't exactly the same, you, all bets are off. And don't forget, you're going to have to go back into that QuickBooks to get some historical information a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. You might look back at QuickBooks and say, oh my God, we're under, we're getting audited. What was this receipt? What was this invoice? So make your QuickBooks absolutely pristine and then set up your beginning balance sheet and then flip the switch and start collecting data from the other parts of your organization. So the other thing that I wanted to understand is that how, so now that we have established, right, that these are certain uh, triggers that will help you figure out when should you move to the ERP. Now, when, when you know, the organization has established these, uh, these points and they're ready to, um, you know, move to an ERP, how should a CFO ensure that this transition is affordable and cost-effective. You know, my best advice is start with accounting, do the planning, <laughs> everything in advance, but also make sure that the that you bring in an external consultant, an external uh, software implementer. And that's not me. I'm not telling you to hire me just because that's what I do. I don't. When we go into a an account that wants to transition into something new, we always look for the expert. Uh, user of that final software. And there are two kinds of these people. And I think this was really interesting that I, I just learned this six months ago and, and I, I learned it the hard way or rather my client learned it the hard way. There, If you go to buy NetSuite from NetSuite, 
they will assign you on a, 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 a uh, an implementer, right? A consultant. And you're thinking, well, this is great. NetSuite corporate gave me this guy. Turns out that those folks are not as well-trained, not as uh, long-lived, not as robust as some of the independents that are out there who have made their living doing NetSuite installations for hundreds of years. So lots of people start at the corporate level and are a NetSuite corporate partner, but then actually graduate out of it. You know, it's kind of the opposite for me. Uh, lots of bookkeepers start learning QuickBooks and only become a QuickBooks partner like we are. We're a platinum level elite QuickBooks Intuit partner, right? But you have to earn your way to get there. At NetSuite, it's kind of the other way around. You can buy your way into being a partner, but they take so much of your income that eventually when you get good, you're going to want to graduate away from NetSuite. And so uh, we look for those independent guys who have a longer track record, who have a stable and steady workforce, because if this is going to take us six months or a year to implement, you want the same team on, on that implementation from day one to day 100, right? Uh, and boy, in today's labor market, that's asking a lot. So find somebody with a great track record, a good culture that's been around for a while, has good references and bring those experts in early. Because if you don't spend the money on the expertise early, you're gonna spend the money twice, redoing everything by, you know, later. And, and I can't even count how much it's gonna cost you in the, in the meantime to run your business without any kind of software at all. I have one more question for you, right? You mentioned that uh, you have a lot of clients come in, who you guide to move beyond QuickBooks and other accounting software, I'm sure. So, um, you know, what have you heard to be the reason why they want to move? Let's say if we keep aside the growth that they're seeing, right? The number of orders and all of that, you know, that is something that's bound to happen apart from growth, right? What are the yeah. other factors that you've heard from your uh, clients as the reasons to move beyond QuickBooks? It almost always, always boils down to a really fundamental reporting need somebody asks a really important question. So they'll, they'll be sitting around in a strategy meeting and they'll say, uh, what's the key to our growth? And, and somebody will suggest that the key to our growth is um, the gross margin on product X when we have customer Y in geography Z. And if we could just measure the gross margin of product X in customer Y in geography Z, man, we would know so much about our business and we could really um, cherry pick customers and we could fine tune our pricing and we could project our cash flows and all those sorts of things. And when you get to that level of wanting to be able to do that kind of analysis, man, some of the, some of the simpler software just doesn't let you do that, right? There are reports that are hard to create or impossible to create in QuickBooks. And I guess that's, that's, that's especially true in the, uh, we see it in the building trades. If you're building a skyscraper, construction accounting can be so complex that QuickBooks just doesn't do a great job of handling it, you know, and assemblies, people have a really rough time doing assemblies in QuickBooks. It can be done, but you imagine you're building a car, right? You've got a thousand parts that go into this car and you have inventory of each of those thousand parts. And then you're trying to figure out the cost of goods sold of a car. That is really hard with QuickBooks and it doesn't kind of happen automatically. So it's almost always driven by a need for 
really detailed reporting or automation of a complex business process uh, having to do with costing, project costing, um, manufacturing cost accounting, that sort of thing where you get deep into the weeds and somebody says it's really worth knowing these numbers and QuickBooks simply can't give them to us. Cool. So uh, I think those were primarily my questions. Um, and before we sign off, I, I wanted to ask if you have any parting thoughts uh, for fast growing mid-market CFOs who need to look beyond their starter accounting software. Well, you know, I think in general, uh, the, the role of CFO in that kind of fast growing lower middle market company is changing these days and has been changing for a while, of course. We're getting more and more strategic, which I think is great. At the same time, the more time you spend on strategy and finance and growth and mergers and acquisitions and all the fun CFO stuff, sometimes the less time, effort, energy, attention you pay to fundamental bookkeeping and accounting, right? Um, I, I just can't tell you how many times we get called and we might get called by a fantastic CFO, but we walk in and he can't create a set of basic financial statements that he that he trusts because the accounting has been screwed up. And so the CFO wants to rise to this level, but I think we've got to remember good business is built on good accounting. You can't make good decisions with bad data, bad numbers. So if you're raising to that level, make sure you're backfilling with a strong controller, a strong full uh, full charge accountant, not just a bookkeeper or uh, <laughs> my favorites are you know the people who hire a mathematician because accounting is math, right? Well, no, <laughs> it's not really math, it's accounting. And if you put a mathematician in an accountant's job, the checkbook might be look reconciled, but the balance sheet is going to be a mess. And if the balance sheet's a mess, the PL is a mess, and you really can't trust any of your reporting at that point. So don't forget the value of fundamental accounting, even as we, as CFOs, strive to be more and more strategic and, and forward-looking. I, I love strategic and forward-looking, but you can't do it without having solid foundation of, of accounting. Great. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. Um, it was great speaking with you. I hope that we get you back on CFO Circle again sometime soon. Uh, so thank you so much.